It's the Hive Sports Podcast, bringing you all the buzz on sports in the Beehive State. Visit us at thehivesports.com. Against Gobert, puts his shoulder down, rolls inside, try to slam it home, and Rudy said, not tonight! John Beck is on the run, he throws behind him, it is, cut for the touchdown! Merrill for the lead, he's got it! Hello, everybody, and welcome to the RSL Sundays podcast. Joined by myself, Ethan Kershaw, as well as Alex Mauer, to bring you all things Real Salt Lake for the week. First of all, Alex, how are you doing, man? <laughs> I am doing. We can <laughs> we'll say that. I unfortunately have been kissed by Miss Rona. I survived <laughs> two full years, uh, but she finally got to me. And it's been actually I'm kind of one of the lucky ones. I, I can't even say it's really been all that bad. Yeah, it was it was fairly mild, all things considered. But uh, yeah, just getting over that now. I've been I've been doing my darndest to ensure that I would be healthy and ready to go for this episode, because about 48 hours ago, it sounded like I was gargling gravel anytime I tried to speak with my mouth. So you know, I really went, I went hard for the fans and the people at home and I was having ice cream for breakfast each and every morning. So I could <laughs> That's try awesome. to soothe the throat a little bit, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's not been the worst thing in the world. I've been watching a lot of battle bots, been catching up on season oh, six, which I missed when great. it came out and a lot of wipeout too. So I have like the TV taste palette of a very small child. Oh, but I've also been watching Abbott elementary, a real adult show, which has been fantastic. <laughs> Um, but yeah, other than that, it's been really sick and lethargic. But oh. Ethan, how has your week been? I know your day today has been better than mine. Tell us all about it, won't you? Yeah, it's been great. It's been kind of exhausting. First of all, I just want to leave a little note that, dude, like you brought up BattleBots, man. That's the first time I've heard BattleBots man- mentioned in a long time. Like last time I watched BattleBots was at like a hotel when I was like on a trip in I think Florida or something. And we were just like chilling in the hotel watching BattleBots all night, man. That was dude. I was love great times. But um, but I am doing great. I'm like exhausted because we uh we did a, a baby shower slash gender reveal. Um, my wife and I for our our baby that will be born in august so um so yeah finally like telling it's been so incredibly hard knowing the gender of my baby and keeping a secret for five like it's been five months yeah dude i wasn't even told oh my gosh like it's been incredibly (laughs) difficult to keep and i just it's such a relief that i don't have to keep the secret anymore um shower was great it was lots of fun seeing tons of people there family and friends so um lovely i was in a great mood and until i uh Till I checked my phone and saw a certain score of a certain soccer game tonight, but oh, don't let that bring you down too much. <laughs> no, not too much, not at all. Nothing can bring me down off this high. But we'll get into that a little bit later. Before we do get into the episode, though, please be sure to follow the Hive Sports at the Hive Sports on Twitter. It's where you can find all of our podcast episodes. Also, be sure to find myself and Alex on Twitter at Ethan Kershaw Nine and at Alex Mauer is where you can find us. Hit us up with your questions you may have for players or for Pablo. Uh, we love answering your guys' questions and uh, love asking your guys' questions. So let us know. Keep them coming. All right, Alex, let's go ahead and do this. Let's jump on into the episode today. Quite a bit to cover and talk about today. But first, we're going to start off with our pod trivia. And we're going to do a little flipperooski today. I'm, I'm going to be the one asking you uh, the pod trivia Oh question. my goodness, I've been waiting for this moment. <laughs> and I think you know it's coming. So the pod trivia question of the day today is... Not super RSL related on my end, but the question is, Alex, with my unborn child being (laughs) born in August or sometime, do you believe that that child will be a boy or a girl? Which is Uh, I love it. Oh, man. At first, I'll be honest. When when you mentioned this, I was leaning boy. I really was. But Mm -hmm. I think I've come full circle. And I think I think Ethan is his girl dad status. And so that's, I, th- I've really thought long and hard about this. And yes, my final answer is girl. Alex, are you sure that this <laughs> is the final answer? Um, <laughs> you know what? I think I'm going to call an audible totally on my own with no outside influence from others. And I think I'm going to say boy question mark. Is that your oh, final answer? I'm getting a answer? head nod from Ethan. <laughs> <laughs> I, 
All right. Well, the final answer then is that Alex, with your final answer of boy, you are unfortunately wrong. I am having a girl. (laughs) Brutal, dude. It is. Brutal. I see what you mean whenever I do those are you sure things. It is so certain that it must be an answer change. Dang. Yes. It is a girl? Yes, it's a girl. Congrats, dude. That's so awesome. I knew it was going to be Ethan girl dad. I knew it. Yes. I am am over the moon. Dude, I That is such good news. There's just so many emotions, so much happiness. Like I just, I, I literally, I cannot wait. So, um, yeah, girl data is, is and, I'm, and I'm now we've got excited. it, you know, as we've talked about before, yeah. the winner of the prediction standings earns the naming rights to your unborn child. And now we at least Yeesh. have a gender to go off of. Hmm. I don't remember that being promised. And, anyway. and, you know, I, I was, I was, you know, I found it difficult to name your son Anderson Julio Kershaw, but I, it might be even a little bit more difficult to swing that with a daughter, but we could make it work. We could make it work. Uh, all right, man. If you, if you want to live in your own reality with that, go for it. But uh, I don't think my wife would be super happy about that, to be honest. Gotta, gotta keep you, the wife I'm happy. Behind in the prediction standings. <laughs> that could very well change. Um, you know, this week didn't really change at all, but it very well could change soon. But Alex, do you have a, uh, kind of changing off topic, but uh, do you have a, a RSL pod trivia for me this week? I actually do. I'm so glad okay. you asked, but frankly, it really doesn't have much to do with RSL. Those are the best okay. kind of pod trivia questions, though, I think. Yeah. Are you ready, Ethan? Absolutely. Let's go for it. Oh, this is a great one. I actually had a really fun time putting this one together. Okay. okay. Which two NFC North teams played an exhibition match at the home stadium for the Vancouver Whitecaps, BC Place, in 1998 as a part of the NFL's America Bowl series? Wow. Okay. Um, yeah, Two was... NFC North teams played a preseason game at BC Place. Who were those two NFC North teams? Okay, that was uh, that caught me off guard quite a bit. Uh, not expecting a f- uh, American football question. I was expecting yeah, like to keep the people on their toes. Football American question. football in a Canadian stadium. Wow. You. Wow. Um, all right. Well, let's see. NFC North. Um, if, if I remember right, I, I am so bad with divisions in NFL. Is that the Bears, Packers, Vikings, Lions? No, or no, I lied. NFC West. Aha, I lied. To NFC you. West. I had it written down. Oh, my goodness. I ruined NFC this question. West. NFC West. So you've got, what is it? Rams, Seahawks, Niners. Cardinals. Cardinals, Cardinals. Niners. Okay. Rams, Seahawks, Cardinals, Niners. Okay. Um, I'm probably going to be way off base on this, but I'm probably just going to go with the two teams that are geographically closest to Vancouver, which I still don't know the answer to that, but I got to say the Seahawks, (laughs) they're close to the border of Canada. So I'm going to say one of the teams was the Seahawks. I've got the Rams. When was this? What year did you say? 1998. Holy. Okay. So that was, holy crap. That was like, the Rams would have been what? St. Louis at that point. Wouldn't have been LA. St. Louis Your Rams. deductive reasoning is better than mine. I do not recall. Yeah. So that would have been St. Louis Rams and then Arizona Cardinals and Niners. Interesting. Um, all right. Let's just say I'm going to go Seattle Seahawks and San Francisco 49ers. You genius. The first question you <laughs> nail. First try has nothing to do with Real Salt Lake. You absolutely stuck the landing. You cannot <laughs> lose today, my friend. Yes, the answer is the Seattle Seahawks and the San Francisco 49ers. The Niners won 24 to 21, led by Salt Lake's own Steve Young. And even better, the Backstreet Boys performed at halftime in front of an estimated 45,000 fans. There were wow. probably roughly like 12,000 in the stands tonight for the RSL game. So yeah. just think of what that stadium looks like when Ethan's own San Francisco 49ers and Seattle Seahawks are playing. Congratulations, man. Good well, productive reasoning. What a day. You put that one together very well, even after I tried to throw you off by giving you the wrong division. Good work, my friend. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Hey, it's a, it's a lucky baby. My wife and I have been talking about our baby for a while, man, and like just crazy lucky stuff have happened to us ever since we found out we were pregnant. So uh, lucky Aww. baby really comes through today on the, the RSL Sundays pod. So big up. You love my baby. Um, awesome. Dang. Well, I was actually quite surprised I got that one right. Yeah. Congrats. But glad that I Good did. So uh, that was a fantastic question. Uh, the more you know about uh, NFL, American Thank you. football. Thank you. 
So um, moving on from that, let's go ahead and jump on into our segment of the day for the Monarchs. It is our famous Monarch Minute. So Alex, I don't have my stopwatch, but there's this little timer thing up here on Zencast that I'm looking at. (laughs) So I'll just watch that and time you for one minute. So ready, set, and go. 19-year-old defender Aziz Kayondo was named the Ugandan national team for Africa Cup of Nations qualifiers. Uganda lost 2-0 to Algeria on Saturday, and Kayondo did not make an appearance. Uganda will play Niger on Wednesday, and Uganda currently sit last in Group F as Tanzania and Niger tied their matchup. The Monarchs will play Vancouver Whitecaps 2 on Sunday. That is today when you are listening to this in a little RSL Vancouver doubleheader. The Whitecaps 2 and Real Monarchs tied 2-2 earlier this season with the Whitecaps winning the shootout and earning the extra point. Vancouver 2 currently sits 4th in the Western Conference MLS Next Pro standings, while the Monarchs remain in last, still waiting for their first win of the season. And lastly, for the Monarchs, ESPN writer Jeff Carlisle wrote a fantastic albeit sobering and really humbling article about 16-year-old midfielder, Monarchs midfielder, Julio Benitez and RSL midfielder. Uh, Benitez lost his father to COVID, unfortunately, and since has been able to provide for his family through his soccer exploits and has recently signed a contract with the first team. Give it a read. It's free on ESPN. It is incredibly enlightening, although, you know, obviously pretty devastating, but kind of a feel-good RSL story from that perspective. Good on the team to get his, his signing done. But yeah, he's also earned it. If you remember Julio Benitez from earlier in Monarchs Minutes, I was saying he was one of the young guys to keep an eye on that I thought had real first team upside and possible first team minutes in his near future. And Ethan, I know I went over, but I earned it because that was a good Monarchs Minute. It was. It was great. You went slightly over. <laughs> Not too bad. I love it. Um, yeah, big props to Julio Benitez um, in his journey as a, a Monarchs player and now an RSL first team player, even though he hasn't. Yeah, I think he's played with the first team. What, first once, team maybe? contract. Yeah, player. Yeah, maybe not so much yet, but he'll get um, Dude, I got to say, uh, I think a lot of you knew that, that Alex was uh, questionable coming into this uh, this podcast episode today. Uh, he was listed as looking like it was going to be out, changed to a game time decision. Fortunately, we're able to be blessed with Alex here today. Pass and my health man, and safety I, protocols. Past the health and safety protocols, cleared those available for today. And thank goodness, because, man, I uh, I, I got to say, man, I appreciate the knowledge you bring to bring to the podcast <laughs> with the Monarch Minute. Oh, That's um, I, I could have definitely tried to do that, but that was fantastic. So I appreciate the information about the Monarchs. Um, side note for them, as we've mentioned, they've got a bunch of guys back as RSL is getting healthier. A lot of guys have been dropping down and playing with the Monarchs. And I got to say, it's a little bit surprising to me that the Monarchs still do not have a win on the season. Like honestly with they've had Ochoa playing with them. Yeah. I think you think Holt, just law of large numbers at this point, they yeah. scraped one out. Not I, even I think, like a, not even a shootout win from a yeah. draw, man. It's been dreary times. It has been brutal. Um, Eric Holt just recently, I believe joined the roster. Uh, he may play uh, on Sunday's game when you all are listening to this episode. Um, so Eric Holt, a guy to, to look out for could help the team, but I don't know what it is, man. I, it's like part of me almost wonders if you sent a bunch of first teamers from RSL down to the Monarchs and let them play Monarchs would still lose. Like it's so, hey, I weird. mean, that's how they won a USL championship <laughs> in the words of one Rob Zarcos, they stacked that team to win a championship. So it wouldn't be totally out of the norm for RSL to do that. Yeah. Um, so, but not great, great days right now for the Monarchs. We're hoping for some brighter days in the future. Um, a guy that might be able to help the Monarchs, maybe probably even help the, uh, the first team. Uh, I guess we can go ahead and just get on into that piece of news. Do you want to talk about, uh, Mr. Mr. Moon, Diego Luna signing with RSL? I certainly would. Uh, yeah, eighteen-year-old, technically a homegrown signing. Yeah, uh, he spent time with the San Jose Academy, was a homegrown there, then went to go play for El Paso to sign him in MLS. We needed to acquire his homegrown rights, so we did from San Jose. So you're going to see him listed. He is not a U22 signing. We have been told. Reached out for clarification on that. He was not a U22 signing, so he is technically a homegrown on the RSL roster. Think of it like when Corey Baird went to LAFC and he was technically an LAFC homegrown and then Houston, same ordeal. It kind of follows the players. So he did not spend any time with the RSL Academy. So if you see that and get confused, just know that he did not play for the Academy. Uh, But yeah, he seems like a really bright young player. I think he's got what? 43 appearances in USL and 13 some odd goals, something like that. You can fact check me, but he seems to be, 
one of these new-ish age American soccer signings, we don't see a lot of guys hop from USL to MLS, which is weird. You think you yeah. should see more of that, especially from independent USL clubs that are not affiliated with MLS sides. And from everything we've heard, Luna had options both abroad and within other teams in MLS. So for him yep. to choose us is pretty darn cool. I asked him post game about the like locker room vibes that we've heard so much about. And he said, mm-hmm. yeah, it is kind of a special locker room where everybody's just super focused. You know, obviously he's only been here a couple of days. So how much of this is just, you know, positive club speak that he gets instructed to say, but it seemed yeah. like most of it was genuine, but yeah, no, it's, I think it's going to be a great signing. I think it's probably a low risk, super high reward type of for move. Sure. And it fills a position of need, which is for me, the most important part of the whole thing. Um, he's going to be a number 10 and you know, I also asked him post game where he feels most comfortable and he yeah. said he can play as a 10. That's where he's best or on the wing or as a false nine. So he's going to give us a ton of options and I'm super <laughs> excited for him. What do you think? Just you listing off the, the number of positions that he's like, okay, playing within my mind. I was thinking Albert would never, but, but I think you're right. Not. You're, you're spot on with this one, man. Um, I, you know, similarly, I haven't seen a ton from Diego Luna, but I did hear about the, the offers that he had from, from Europe. My thought process is, and I can't speak for, for he himself, but I think that one of the reasons coming over to Real Salt Lake, it's going to give him playing time. I think that he's going to get probably more playing time than he would with other teams over in Europe that than he normally would have, I guess. Um, yeah, absolutely. It, it's, it's great. Diego Luna. I, I don't, he, I, he, I, I, he speaks very good English. Does he speak Spanish as well? Uh, I would presume he has Mexican national team ability. I okay. don't know the right he, phrasing there. Um, he's eligible for the Mexican national team. So, I mean, Spanish, I would yeah. guess, but maybe that's, maybe that's out of bounds, but I don't know. Yeah. Presumably. Yeah. Um, but you know, if, if that's the case, you got to think that, you know, I mean, there's so many players on RSL right now that speak Spanish. I, I feel like I almost that's feel like that's point. becoming a, bit of like a an attractive kind of point of the team you know like the the spanish language i think other players are would would like coming over being able to speak spanish it's probably i i don't know it's it's kind of like this thing where like if you're on the same team as guys from like like your country and where you're from you just get a good like vibe type thing i don't know i don't know what it is yeah it's like when columbus had that like african trio of like lalas abubakar Who's yeah. the right back that I'm forgetting? And then the other center back. But yeah, it's like that. You just have a lot of people in your community. Like uh, you're going to get along or there's like, at least a better chance that you're going to have more in common to get along about. Like uh, I'll, I'll throw an example out there from the premier league, like wolves, Wolverhampton I, wanders. I think they were like, let's see, they were, they had a game with Liverpool at the end of the year that they ended up like, Oh no, Liverpool ended up beating them, but they played a good game. But the game that they were playing for a while, like Wolves is stacked with Portuguese players. Like their whole entire team could basically be a Portuguese national team, which is crazy. So like, I, I I think it's great for chemistry. Um, It's, it's awesome for him for prospects of playing time. And as you mentioned, it's a position of need. Like I, I think ultimately Diego Luna is a guy that could probably I don't know. Maybe this is a little presumptuous. Maybe he could take over Albert's spot because we lost Albert, who was such a dynamic playmaker. I think with, with like some work with some training with this guy and really developing him. I mean, he already sounds like he's fantastic, but even more developing, he could become a true number 10 for our team, which could really give us a lot of flexibility of formations. You, you mentioned how you love the three center backs in the back with the two wing backs. If you put Diego Luna and that 10 spot in that formation and he's able to really work it, like there's going to be a lot of success and a lot of fruits coming out of that. So Diego Luna, I think is a fantastic signing. The fact that he chose RSL out of his own free will is like huge <laughs> and incredible in and of itself. So, yeah. Uh. Yeah, when you put it like that, it makes it sound like we're a real real haven for MLS talent. But, <laughs> but no, I agree with you. I do think it speaks volumes of the club. Yep. And it's a lot more exciting than this next piece of news that we have to go over, my friend. Do you want to lead us off with that? 
Yes, Demir uh, Crylock Truthers, please cover your ears, but not for too long because we want you to listen to the rest of the podcast. But unfortunately, we received news this week that Demir Crylock has gotten surgery on his back after getting a second opinion. Apparently, it has looked as bad as the injury was seeming. Demir Crylock will be out for a, a majority of the season, if not the rest of the season per reports. Um, this week. So not looking super great for Demir Krylock. Huge, massive low, obviously, for this team. Uh, I just I, I've got some yeah, thoughts on it, but I don't really know where to start with this. Alex, what what do you think is the, the impact of this injury for the rest of the season? Yeah, it sucks. And yeah. and I want to be clear about that because in the past I've mentioned that, you know, I think Dami is probably suited best coming off the bench. Mm-hmm. I don't think we are at all suited best to not have Dami at all. I think yes. it's a huge weapon we've lost. I mean, clearly he had, what, 16 goals last year or something like that? Yes. And he offers so much for us going forward that there's no denying this is this is a massive loss for the team. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's really frustrating the way it all went about because he's likely picked up this injury well, he certainly picked up this injury in the NYCFC game in which, if you recall, my friend, we were down like five goals within like the first 60 minutes and he played so the bad. full 90, his third so full bad. 90 of the year. Oh. I just don't understand why he was not subbed off, which is frustrating. But I, I yeah, man, it sucks. Dami's the best. I mean, we got the Krylak corner. He was doing so much good work as the captain, finally, yeah. that he deserved since the day he walked in the door. Yeah. And yeah, it just, it sucks, man. And it sounded like it was like day to day for a little bit. And then he was getting a second opinion. So we knew that wasn't true. Yeah. And then he got like a third and fourth opinion. And it sounds like surgery was the only way to go, which is a huge bummer. But, uh, hopefully this means he's going to be, they mentioned that surgery was the most like defined pathway to get back onto Mm -hmm. the field. And so that was part of the reason he went with it. And so hopefully this means he comes back at full strength and we don't, you know, force him to play when he's not ready, perhaps like maybe some of the other pathways would have led to, but yeah, it sucks. It's a huge bummer. And I mean, I don't really know how we fill his shoes because it was a unique skill set that he brought to the table in the first place. He's probably our only really good aerial attacker. And yeah. now we don't have any, which is a bummer. So yeah, man, it sucks. I don't know. What do you think? I don't think there's any like, optimistic bright spin on this yeah um i can think of maybe maybe a little bit of a bright spin on it it's it's hard to to spin it that way but like huge huge blow for the team uh demir was was the best player on the team last season um and you lose that that's that's something that if, if this team which I, I i do believe this team will make the playoffs if they make the playoffs like that's when you need a guy like Demir Krylock. That's when you need your leader. That's when you need your goal scorer. That's what Demir Krylock is without him. That in and of itself is a huge blow. Three guys that I think really, really suffer and really take a hit from this. Um, first of all, Sergio Cordova. Um, I mean, Demir Krylock was playing up top a lot last year and getting a lot of goals from that position. Cordova's got to fill those shoes now. And I feel like he's kind of felt that pressure a little bit at times this season and has not done super well with that, that pressure. Obviously he's had the last two games before tonight with, with goals, but I, I worry about him and his production. Another guy, Savarino. I think Savarino is going to be fantastic this year, but like, and he looked great when he got subbed in the game. We'll, we'll talk about that a little bit later too, but Savarino, dude, imagine the load of like pressure that is on that guy's back now. Like yeah, he now, he now becomes the only designated player on the roster. Yes. So, yeah. Only DP on the roster. You lose Demir, you lose Albert. He's, he's the playmaker now. He like, he's the guy that we've got to turn to when you need uh, an important goal, an important pass. Like he is going to be the guy who's pulling the strings within this team. I think going forward, once he gets more integrated, finally, the guy in my mind that takes the biggest hit of all, and you already know where this one's going. It's going to be Aaron Herrera. Yeah. Um, Aaron Herrera even admitted that a lot of his assists last year went straight to Demir Krylock. Uh, has not looked good this year. Still struggling tonight, even even more so. Um, but I think I personally this this might be a little hot takey. I'm listening. Oh, I hate to say this, man, because it's not going to be good or exciting. And I don't want to be <laughs> gloom or doomy, man. But like, 
Oh, you got to be honest. I love Aaron Herrera, but I'm like honestly worried that this could like without having Demir this season, it might it might stunt his development so much that he may never get a call up to the U.S. men's national team. Dang. Yeah, unfortunately, I I don't think that's as hot of a take as I want it to be because I do think he has the talent yeah. to play at that level. I think he proved it last year. But to your point, he's been poor throughout this year. And maybe this will kind of bleed into our match review here, but he's just had a few boneheaded moments this year. The one that sticks out most to me is actually not this Vancouver game where he comes away with a red card in the 92nd minute or whatever it was. Mm -hmm. It was against Nashville when we talked about it on the pod where there's an attacker from Nashville with his back to goal running backwards towards the midfield stripe. And Aaron just lays a tackle into him for absolutely no reason. (laughs) It's just like a pure frustration foul, not playing the ball at all. And they score on the ensuing free kick. And like, you know, not to give Nashville opportunities to send Walker Zimmerman forward. You know, that's a problem. And it was a problem. And so between that and then this game, like it's not the two losses are on Aaron, but two decisions he's made have led to directly adversarial (laughs) moments for Real Salt Lake. And he just hasn't been successful going forward either. And not in the three, four, three, not really in the four, two, three, one, not really in this new four, four, two. And the guys in front of him have been successful. So you can't really say that it's on Michael Chang for Aaron Herrera, not being as successful as he was in the past. And a lot of that, you're right, probably has to do with Dami being out for prolonged periods this year. But yeah, something's missing. Something's missing from Herrera, man. And he's no longer a really young player. I think it, what is he 24 or something like that? Yeah. But uh, yeah, it feels like if his time for the national team was going to happen, it would have happened last year. He even mentioned in pressers last year that like we asked him, what do you have to do to get to that point? I think you asked him and he was like, dude, if you know, tell me (laughs) like, he feels like he's doing everything right to get there. And it's kind of hard to disagree with him. But at this stage of the year, it's, I don't know, man, it's just, he looks like a totally different player. And like mm-hmm. he's had these moments before in Kansas City, he got spun like a top for their goal in the Western Conference yeah. final yep. or the Western Conference semi, excuse me. And then Portland, he had a little hubbub of a mistake in, yeah. in the conference finals. And it's just a bummer, man, because I know like we all know the player he can be when he's successful and we're just not seeing anything, anything really near that. Yeah, I, I you're right. I remember asking him that question last year of uh, if if he feels like he should be getting time with the national team and he's like he's like well obviously i'm not doing something right like he, he, <laughs> he no recently idea. liked uh, an instagram comment linking him to switching to the guatemala national team so maybe there's something that's to those true. rumors and that's he's got true a, he definitely has a better shot of making it there than alongside rubio rubin than he does the i US mean if i i'm not gonna lie if i was aaron Herrera, i'd make the switch like i would love the it's guy to play for to us point, be so if you cool, really want to play national yeah. team soccer yeah, you need to. Um, but yeah, I I think we're done probably talking about Demir Krylock injury. It sucks. It's awful. But there's other guys that got to step up, and they've they've other guys have really stepped up this year and pulled out results for the team. So I'm I guess my bright spin on it could be that I'm excited to see what this team can do without Demir Krylock. Be it good or bad, I, I hope that it's good. I mean, it's been good some of the time we've been without him. But with that. Shall we go ahead and jump into the game recap, I guess, for the Vancouver game? This, yeah, this is we should. And, and just one, just but. very, very lastly on that, yeah. I think there is reasons to be optimistic that we can still succeed without Tommy. The team's 7-2-3 yeah, without him, so clearly mm-hmm. something is working. But yeah, it is a huge blow. But yeah, yeah. It, that leads us right into our Vancouver match where we picked up one of those three losses without Tommy. And man, what a game this was. Ethan, you weren't able to catch any of this one, yeah. were you? So I, I wasn't able to catch it. Uh, I just saw some of the highlights. Um, I just want to add one thing on Aaron Herrera before, because I'm going to give you a lot of the game review opportunities today. You were the one who watched it. I want to know what so you kind. saw from this game. But before you do, I want to add on about the boneheaded thing with Aaron Herrera. And I'm just trying to figure <laughs> out what's going on, because you're right. You brought that up. And I started thinking back and I was like, you're right, man. Like he's made a lot of he's made a lot of boneheaded mistakes throughout this last and just like, weird mistakes year, that are calendar year that are just not at his level. You know what I mean? It's just yeah. simple stuff. It's, it's weird. Yeah. It, it, it's, 
I think I think Aaron Herrera, he's, he's a very nice guy. All the postgame press conferences, all the times we've talked with him, he's been a nice dude. I almost wonder if it's like, is it game IQ maybe? Because these are boneheaded things. Like it's, it's simple things. Like you just, you can't, you can't make these kinds of mistakes, man. And he's making them late yeah. in games and it's costing us like goals and points and, and like titles, man. Like I just, is it, is <laughs> oh, it like, that's a dark way to put it, but you're right. Is it like, I, I don't know if it's game IQ and just like, yeah, I don't, situationally I don't just a situational awareness, maybe. Maybe let's let's drag ourselves into the Vancouver review. So we lose this yes. game two it. to one in Vancouver yep. at BC Place, home of the Seattle Seahawks and the Van- or the San Francisco 49ers. And we lose off two really crappy goals. They get yep. a first half goal from a long throw in that bounces in the box or comes off a header in the box. And Zach McMath is furious about it, screaming at something. It was, I think he was, was screaming at Cordova. Yeah, Cordova or Brody. Because Cordova bad. needed to win that header, man. Cordova's like 6'4", and you're not winning a header off a throw Yeah, like. I've mentioned this ad nauseum on this podcast, yes. but Sergio Cordova, for his size, is not very good in the air, and he's not very good at hold-up play, yep. which is something I think a lot of coaches just take for granted in tall players. I'll use myself as an example. Noted not professional <laughs> athlete and JV high school soccer player. I was always assumed to be good at headers because I'm six foot five. But if nobody ever like teaches you headers, like like you're screwed. Like you're never yeah. gonna be good again. So you're, you're stuck in this awkward position where everyone like I got sent up for every single corner I was ever on the field for, and I think I scored maybe two, and they were both with my feet because I was not very good in the air. Because the, like if they don't teach you that, so I don't know. So with Cordova, like just looking at him, don't assume he's great in the air because he's not really. Yeah. And this was a moment we saw that. I mean, it just yeah, it was frustrating. But other than that, then we score an equalizer from a pretty nice goal. Sergio Cordova probably should have had a goal called in his favor. It made it all the way over the line. He posted on Instagram about it afterwards. Uh, but lucky for us, within the same run of play, uh, Pablo Ruiz plays a ball over the top beautifully, might I add. What a pass from Pablo Ruiz. Chef's to the lands in front of Justin Miram after a poor play from the defender, and he slots it home, and we don't have to worry about VAR turning Cordova's no goal into a goal. And then after that, in the 90-some-odd minute, after a free kick for Real Salt Lake, the Vancouver Whitecaps come storming down the field, and there are all of three RSL players there to defend it, as Marcelo Silva was far up trying to win a header. And so this leaves our good friend Aaron Herrero in a 1v1 situation, tracking back in his own box where he makes a tackle that, on first viewing, looks like an incredible slide tackle. And Dunseth (laughs) thought so as well. Part of the... The perils of not having your broadcast crew in the stadium, <laughs> but I digress. And then on replay, it's pretty clearly a penalty. It may yep. be Nick's off his shin, but that's being generous. He hardly gets the ball and he gets all of the man. They get a penalty and they score it. Aaron Herrera gets a second yellow and he's sent off. And I want to defend him a little bit here because we have ragged on him really hard. I don't know how many other options he had. He maybe could have tried to stand the guy up, but it looked like he was past him if he takes a touch. So I yeah. really don't know. But it was a bad play, and now we're going to have to see how this team plays without Aaron Herrera. And I'm gonna, I was going to save this for the preview, but it just gets me so so excited, Ethan. We're we're set up perfectly for the three four three. We are. My favorite thing in the world. Say that. Yep. Yeah, Aaron Herrera says he doesn't like to play in it, so if he's gone, why don't we throw out Andrew Brody <laughs> and my good friend Taters on the left, or he doesn't have it. to defend as much. But yeah, in this game, other than Aaron, it wasn't like good in other aspects of the game either. It was a poor game from him. Yeah. And I mean, not a whole lot. I know you weren't able to watch, so I'm really, really taking the reins here, but there just no, wasn't fine. a whole lot else in the game that was noteworthy. I normally have a couple pages worth of notes and timestamps where I feel RSL either played really well or really poorly. And for better or worse, my I've got about half a page of timestamps and a couple of them are jokes. So <laughs> there just really wasn't a whole lot in this game. Even Pablo said it afterwards <laughs> that, <laughs> that he felt the team played well and played with the right mentality. And I tend to agree with him. Yeah. And so that's why like, it's, it's one of these weird losses where I'm not totally upset about it. And I think the reason I'm not is because we should have won the game. Whereas yeah. mm-hmm. if we are constantly losing games, then that makes losses feel a lot worse. Yeah. Maybe question mark. Maybe this is just COVID brain speaking here, but uh, which I'm also really feeling right now, by the way, oh, so yeah. if, if I'm like going off the rails a little bit, it's because I, I just changed into a sweatshirt and sweatpants because it went from 
a thousand degrees in this room to about 22 below in <laughs> maybe a matter of minutes. But there just wasn't a whole lot in this game to take away. There wasn't anything to build upon positively or really negatively. Defensively, we were pretty solid. I mean, we only give up two big chances, according to FopMob, and they just happened to both turn into goals. We had the majority of the possession. We had 10 total shots. We created a lot of good opportunities. Yeah. We just failed to put him in the back of the net again. I mean, Cordova misses one from three yards out that he should probably put away. Bobby Wood fluffs one early on from a ball in from Loffelson that looked really good. Loffelson rips a shot super wide and super high. And I don't know. It was just one of those games, man. It's and you know, I predicted a two, two draw coming into this game. Yeah. Which I think was more pessimistic than a lot of other predictions because I just, this place is just such a difficult place to play. And I know that's such a, contrived excuse especially when you know the conditions because you've played there before so it really shouldn't be all that difficult especially when the crowd and the atmosphere is not that intimidating it was just an it was like a a perfect loss to the vancouver whitecaps that we can kind of blame on the turf maybe kind of not but both teams are playing on the same field i don't know i want to i don't know i just i don't have any real major feelings about this yeah i'm all apathetic towards it and i don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing Because part of me is saying this is not the team that we are because how could this same lineup play so differently than the lineup that just waxed Houston at home? But then the other part of me is like, oh, this is exactly who we are because this is what (laughs) the underlying numbers have told us we are for the last few months. And this is what every writer at big MLS has been telling us we are. And they've only recently come around to the idea that maybe we're better. And now I know we are going to get told that we are actually, in fact, not. And you probably deserve that when you lose to some of the worst teams in the West. So I just don't know, man. I'm really lost on this team. I don't think our strikers are good enough. I don't think Sergio Cordova and Bobby Wood have a very good partnership because I think they both do a lot of the same things and the things they do poorly, they do those poorly together. Neither of them is very good at holding the ball up and drawing fouls. Neither of them is very good at connecting play with the midfielders in behind them. Part of that is because we don't play with a 10. So there's often not a lot of guys out there other than the wings to combine with. And neither of them are very good finishers. I don't think that's crazy to say. I mean, yeah, Sergio Cordova should have had his header in this game, but even if he does, he still misses more chances than he makes. And I get it. He's young. He's still adapting to the league, but he's got darn near a thousand MLS minutes at this point. And like, this is where, this is where I'm caught. I don't know if there's so much reason to be optimistic based on past results or if past performances are, are indicative of the team more so that we actually are. So I just really don't know. It's a true toss up. We've got two weeks off to game plan and come back against San Jose at home and get a result. And I think maybe that tells a lot more about us and who we are than this game. Cause I mean, I hate when coaches use lame excuses, like we were on the road as a reason for a loss because good teams find ways to win on the road. Yeah. But it feels like this is one of those games and I'm just trying hard to not get too caught up about it. But what do you think, Ethan? I mean, I know you were only able to catch some of the highlights, but does that check out with maybe how you feel about just seeing the result on paper and just the the scoreline? I think so. I'll I'll take a stab at it best I can um, because I I did try and dive into this game, the stats, everything as much as I possibly could um, when I when I had some time available today. I think I think there's (laughs) it kind of feels like a like a what in the world just happened type game where like as you mentioned, you know, like maybe like we felt like we could have won this game. Yeah, really. I, okay. Mean, I'm sorry to trample all over you when I just gave you the floor, but we actually were going for it. I mean, in the 91st yeah. minute on the road, we are sending Marcelo Silva up and it turns into a, I mean, it doesn't really turn into an opportunity, but there was an opportunity there. Pablo Ruiz has had great deliveries all season. There's no reason to think he couldn't have had one on that play. And I like the fact that we were going for all three points on the road. Yeah. Can we do that while also maintaining enough defensive stability to not give up a 91st minute penalty kick? Yeah, probably. But this is why a part of me is really optimistic. Like, yeah. I kind of like that we went for it. Yeah. And normally I don't think I'd be singing the same tune. Normally I think I would be upset that we're not securing a point on the road against a Western conference foe. But again, this COVID brain, man, like <laughs> something about it. Just, I'm glad that we went for it. We really did. And, and I don't know. I think there's something admirable in that. I think that's how you end up with a lot of four, three, five, four games like we did yeah. last year, but I'm not necessarily, I'm not upset about it for whatever reason. I don't know why I feel like I, I should I, be more, but <laughs> something in my, something in my brain and my, in my body is just telling me that this is not as bad as a result. I think think a lot of times as fans, we have this huge, massive recency bias 
<laughs> to the point where, sorry, I'm laughing because I just took it. You can't see, but Ethan and I are on video call and I just took a massive breath because, oh my goodness, dude, I was not feeling this COVID at all when we started this episode. And now I feel like I am in an absolute fever dream, dude. RSL thoughts giving you. Yeah, uh, these takes are coming time. directly off the dome, <laughs> completely unfiltered. This is the true Alex. These are my true takes about RSL. I love it. But I, I really, dude, like I think you and I kind of talked about the Houston game last week as like a bit of what could have been a trap game. And so we're like, oh, this could be a trap game. And then they like destroyed Houston. We're like, okay, maybe not. And then, see, but okay, here's, I'm going to chime in here because again, I'm unfiltered, man. Okay. Hayden, Hayden from the Royal Riot Pod. We need Hayden Bayless game. Jr. Over you're, here. You're, Hayden Bayless Jr. You're not allowed to call this a trap. One, you're not allowed to call it a trap game if you then also predict a win because then you're just right True. either way, but you're also yeah. wrong. Yeah. Two, this isn't a trap game when we historically always lose in Vancouver. I yeah. know we won there in 2019, but that's not good enough for me. You take that away that's and it's fair. been a really long time. We should stop, I don't know, stop minimizing the accomplishments of, or I guess taking lightly some of these teams lower in the standings. Because I mean, hell, when Trey earlier before the game even started, was tweeting out all the stats that this would lead to like first four game RSL win streak since 2013 or 14 or whatever it was, or the first time RSLs yeah. in Vancouver, yada, yada, yada. Like, why are we tweeting that stuff out before the game? And this is not like a shot at Trey at all. This is like, cause like, I mean, Royal riot pod, they all predicted wins. I think yeah. you even predicted a win. I, I did. Remember. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, like two zero. And I, like we, this, this, this wasn't a trap game. This is exactly no, yeah. the game we knew it was going to be. Yeah. Vancouver's fighting for their playoff lives at home in a place mm-hmm. we never win on bad turf that we always complain about. This wasn't a trap game. We knew what this game was. Yeah. We no, just didn't I, take it seriously. And I asked Pablo Post, fair. I know you're trying to get a word and I'm just running right all over you, but it's I asked Pablo Post game if the mentality was there tonight, because we've talked so much about mentality and vibes with this team for the whole year. And he said, he said, yes, it was. Although after a slight hesitation, not that I'm conflating the idea that he didn't think that, <laughs> mentality was there but like for me if you are going to be a vibe space team and your main tactic is going to be how hard your players play for 90 minutes and the fighting mentality of your team when that is not there what do you fall back on yeah that's what this game ultimately is for me i have got absolutely Full spectrum on where I follow this game. I am now thinking this is the worst game RSL has ever played in the history of the club. And we lost to New York City FC and Northern Colorado Hailstorm all of two months ago. But that's that's what it is for me. Is it because to, from from my perspective, yeah, and I think a lot of the fans, the mentality from the players as a whole did not seem to be there for 90 minutes. Now, it's probably never going to be there for the whole game. But for this game, it felt like it was there for less than half of the game. Less than 45 minutes did it ever feel like RSL was really asserting themselves or playing with a fire or all of these fun, cliche adjectives that we use too often in sports that I bought this thesaurus to try to get me overusing. But (laughs) my head can't do alphabetical order right now. (laughs) <laughs> when 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 that's not there what do you fall back on and i think the Anderson answer going Leo. forward is going to be Savarino's brilliance and i both love and hate that because i wish we had more of a system set up around him than just plugging him in to hopefully be successful to the point of i was trying to make an adverb out of savior save save auric i don't know how to work but uh <laughs> man i am so far gone right now but uh yeah, so like I, I worry that Savarino is going to be played in like a bunch of different positions. I think part of the reason we saw him off the bench tonight is because we probably took this team lightly and thought yeah. we could get away with going into the first half tied or up a goal. And maybe Savarino wasn't fit enough to play the whole game. So I see he's getting integrated on as a sub. But yeah. it seemed definitely as the broadcast insinuated, he was ready to come on earlier and then we scored and then they left him to come on a little bit later. And so I don't know. It just feels like there's a lot of band aid fixes for problems that probably deserve gauze. Oh, good phrase, dude. And. <laughs> banger or was gauze is that what i was thinking what's the i don't know but yeah it was it was i don't know i've i'm so dude you've got to take over i'm absolutely losing it right now all right i will i'm like shivering and also like sweating at the same time right now all right well it's not that before alex like crumbles up and shrivels up over there and and uh yeah really really loses it um i you know, I feel like, like my voice is getting progressively gravelier as this episode goes on as well. <laughs> I won't use the word trap game for your sake, but thank you so much. I, I just, I like, maybe it's because I didn't watch the game, 
I'm like, I'm okay with it, man. Like, like, all right, like from what I saw, honestly, I thought RSL played, like you said, you know, a, a pretty good game. They had something that was shocking to me. 87% pass accuracy in this game, which is like well above, as I've mentioned before, the season average. They had really good passing this game, almost had 150 uh, over 150 more passes than Vancouver, obviously with the a majority of the possession in this game. So like more shots, just everything pointed towards RSL in this game. Just a yeah. couple of bad mistakes in moments that Pablo's always focused on. He always talks about those moments. He a said that those post moments game too. You they, weren't even there, but you, you, you pay such good attention, Ethan, you knew it. Yeah. yeah. He mentioned it's not a game they of crumbled. halves. It's a game of moments. And I think he's yeah. right on that. Yeah. And they, they did struggle in those big moments, but I will say that like, Man, it's probably just watching the highlights. Correct me if I'm wrong. What I saw from it's my favorite thing to do from from <laughs> oh, great. Here we go. Um, I uh, from what I saw of our our I'm going to call them the old boys because they used to be like our our old hotness. <laughs> now we've got the new hotness with like Savarino and Diego Luna and like Savarino's and, the new and the old hotness, dude. Yeah, and, and Cordova at times too lately. But like the old hotness, man, is like it's Pablo Ruiz and it's Justin Merrim. And like Justin Merriam, I, I didn't get a great grip on how he played the rest of the game, but like the goal was great. It was a great finish. Yeah, like you need that. Sick. And like Paulo Ruiz, man, from what I saw, his passes today looked, I mean, not just on the, the goal wasn't like a perfect pass, but it was a great pass. His passes what were a pinpoint pass today. Ruiz. Amazing what pass, a pass like, from Ruiz. His passes at other points in the game too are great. He gets that shot too at the top of the box. It has the deflection and bounces off the post. He just looked very effective today. So like, Great, great, brilliant spots from those two guys. I think that it's a game where, like I like I said, you just don't really know how to feel. It's kind of a weird type of game, but like yeah. I'm, I'm encouraged. I'm still encouraged. I'm still happy. Obviously disappointing result, but like we've been playing so well before then that I think we did ourselves a lot of favors with gaining a lot of points from games that maybe we shouldn't have won, especially earlier in the season. So like these disappointments will happen with this team from time to time, but I, I think that there's opt- there's a lot of reason to be optimistic going forward, man. Like this is the RSL Sundays pod, man. Like let's just <laughs> let's just be happy over here and like enjoy the time of being a fan. Enjoy these games, man. Soak it all up. You're so right. Bad times. I mean, they happen, but like I'm I'm encouraged about it. I think that's all that I want to say. Diego Luna, as you mentioned, on the bench in this game, unfortunately didn't get any playing time. Probably it just- wrong, Ethan. He did. He, did. he came on he for did? Like the last three minutes. He got maybe eight touches. Freaking he actually, actually, oh. he actually did look kind of good. Okay, he well, had, like Diego one Luna looked where good. He like, the, had like, a defender right up top of the box, and it was that's great. And then he like tried to force a pass in, but it was kind of on Bobby for not controlling. It, if I, remember. I'm about ready to delete my Yahoo Sports app because they were the ones that yeah, told they're me doing that you dirty. Diego dude. That's two weeks in a row now. In, so I'm like this close from deleting that app. Um, but anyways, yeah, Diego Luna, I guess, got some time then. Glad he looked great. Um, great prospect, and I think he's going to get probably a lot more playing time. I see us kind of transitioning to. I would even say the San Jose game, it's been enough time. We're going to have a two weeks rest, I guess, getting into our preview. I don't want to get into that quite yet, but we've got two weeks rest. I think Savarino gets integrated. I think he starts against San Jose in the next game. Yeah, you'd have to assume, and right? I don't think Diego Luna starts, but I, I would I would say he probably takes that Savarino substitution role of maybe getting subbed in and I don't know, maybe the 60th minute, maybe a little later, but I think he gets more time than what he got today for sure. Um, but that was like kind of my thoughts from the game. It's fine, guys. If you're an RSL fan and you're like super mad about this result, just calm down, relax. It'll all be okay. I promise <laughs> That's you. That's so demeaning, dude. Don't you <laughs> tell the fans to calm down. That's part of being a fan is being emotional and passionate, dude. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I know, and I can't even blame the COVID on this one. It's pretty much... Tapered, tapered off. I what don't know what episode, it was man. for like, this for is like a, a twenty-five minute stretch. There, I was oh absolutely losing my mind, like shivering. I don't know what it was. I have not been sick all day. I've been like almost completely over it. <laughs> and then when we started this, for whatever reason, it just like it took off. Okay, well, shall we get into the final segment of our episode so that you can go sleep? Thank you, sir, like, so much for keeping rest. me on the rails. I greatly appreciate it. Yeah, let's start with let's start with the San Jose match preview. Ethan, let's do it. What do you have for us in this game? 
All right, so uh, San Jose game. It'll be a kickoff at 7.30 p.m. It is a home game, so RSL is back at the riot. Everybody gear up for it. Buy your tickets. Make sure to be there. It'll be a really fun game to watch. Saturday, June 18th is the date that that game will be played. Like I mentioned, we've got some rest now. I've got some time to kind of relax. Aaron Herrera's got a little bit longer of a rest than everybody else. He's got a three-week rest <laughs> instead of a two-week rest now. Yeah, with he that just red card. himself an extra week of vacation, man. <laughs> so as you mentioned... <laughs> He probably needs it, honestly. Uh, Poor guy's played a ton this year. But Aaron Herrera, as we mentioned, won't be available in this game due to the red card in the Vancouver game. Uh, You mentioned it'll be interesting to see what RSL does in this game. I think it's perfectly viable to go with the three center backs in the back, the right wing back, left wing back in this next game. Um, It'll be very interesting to see if Pablo ends up doing that because the team has really been rolling with the four in the back formation for a majority of the time this year. But I feel like Pablo's yeah, been a big, weird. he's been a big personnel dude at times. So like, I think without Aaron Herrera, we very well could see that formation. I wouldn't be mad at all. I um, so desperately want to see it. The, the one Especially start. Oh man. Yeah. The one start that I'll be interested to see is does Taters really get the start at left back <laughs> or left wing back? Like, or, or as Chris Cablon fallen into the good graces of Pablo Mastroni at this point. Unfortunately, like, if you've kept up with the Monarchs, Chris Cablon did not actually look that good in his Monarchs appearance, which is one to be expected and two, a big fat bummer. But I've done a lot of kind of fake pseudo defending of taters in the past, both on Twitter yes. and on this and other various RSL podcasts. If you're here to defend him, I might be with you today. I might be riding that train with you. Well, in that case, have fun on your Taters Island because, well, no, I don't actually know. He probably is the best option in that <laughs> position because, yeah. yeah, I want to play the three, wing three. Back, yeah. I want to play it so bad, especially because Eric Holt should be healthy by then. Mm-hmm. And maybe he needs Monarchs minutes because it's been so very long. That's true. But I do feel like Kappelhoff's been back in training for weeks now. The yeah. option is totally there to play the three four three if we want. Really and it's been successful for us early in the year. And without Aaron Herrera, who doesn't like to play it, so be it. Let Brody yeah, take over there and see what he can do. Brody's better yeah. on the right anyways. It's fairly obvious at times that he is not a left-footed player when he's playing yes. left back. And give Taters a chance to redeem himself after a game in New York City where nobody was good, and then he was also kind of bad. And with less team. defensive responsibility, which he would have. Exactly. Thank you so much. It's it's the perfect position for him because he still yes. has to do a little defending, but he gets to do a lot more attacking, which I think Dude, he is better H- at. Hayden is going to roast us for saying that Taters should start next game. Man. Dude, but Hayden, Hayden can think right whatever goal. Hayden wants. Hayden was willing to admit that Sergio Cordova looked really bad in this game, and that's a win for me. Not that I'm <laughs> praying on Sergio Cordova's downfall, but just that I love to see Hayden be incorrect. It's one of my favorite things in the whole wide world but the three four three is is the, is the way to go and i don't know who you lose up top because i think if that is the case you can only play one of bobby or sergio cordova also i'm like totally back on earth again and not in like a shivering fever dream dude this is the weirdest i don't know COVID is doing something crazy to me right now literally haven't felt it all day and then as soon as i started talking to you it's just like started creeping up but now it's apparently gone we gotta end this episode before before you like slide into a coma or something man we gotta end this soon yeah i'll get to it sorry i know i'm the one that just keeps dragging it on you're fine dude currently failing health and safety protocols uh, but I don't know who you drop, Bobby or Sergio, because I don't know that either of them has played their way into a starting position, and I think both of them have kind of played their way out of one. Diego Luna mentioned that he could play a false nine if we needed him to. I don't know that you trust an 18-year-old after four MLS minutes to take the starting spot over two you know, big money guys, but I kind of wish you'd give it a shot. And then you've got Michael Chang and Savarino on the wings in a three back formation where they don't have to defend. This is the biggest reason I love the three, four, three is that in the three, five, two last year, the wing back slash wingers, the only wide players we had were forced to defend. That's why players like Johnny Menendez just didn't fit. But in the three, four, three, the wingers up top don't have to defend. And we don't really have a number 10. That's more than 18 years old. So why should we force one into the lineup? I know I just said you could play him at the nine, but I don't think you have to. So that's why I think it's, it's, it's worth acknowledging, but in that formation, you just get so much more from your wingers, which is, I think, probably our deepest position. I don't know that that's yeah. even debatable. And so why not put them in positions higher up the field where they're creating more and having less defensive responsibilities yes. and the guys next to them are having more license to get forward in those wingback positions. 
so I don't know. That's why I want to see it so bad. That's why I've been such a big proponent of it. I think we've looked good when we have played in it. And I want to see it at home too, where we're allowed to get forward a little bit more often, where just as a fact, you're going to have more of the ball than you would elsewhere, because that's just how it works in soccer. And so I I just want to see it really bad, man. And I want to see something new. The 4-4-2 was beautiful against Houston and looked so abysmal today that I just don't know what to think. We squeaked out a great result against Montreal too, though. So maybe I love it. Maybe I don't. I have no idea. Ethan, you're right. We got to get out of here. Who's your player to watch? Dude, my mind is like flying about this game. Just thinking about the possibilities. They're freaking endless for this game. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. It's going to be a crazy game. There's going to be a million (sighs) goals scored. You're talking about the formation. I think, dude, wouldn't it be crazy? Like, I I think Savarino can really play anywhere in the attacking third. And like, what if we just stuck him at striker? And like, oh, that'd be crazy. Like, stuck him at striker and then played like Ethan, you're literally not to me, my friend. Hey man, scroll back the tape when I said I don't want Saverito to just be plugged in wherever we think he could put a bandaid over a no, gaping man. wound. What Let if he could play striker best, my friend? What if he could play striker and what if he could score a crap ton of goals for us? What if he's played winger for the last five years of his career and we paid two million dollars to bring him into play for us? Maybe we should uh, play him there, dude. I want Chang starting there too, man. I love Chang. He's been great. Chang, you can put Chang on the left. Chang would be just fine. But then you're cutting what your about guy Justin Miriam, and then yeah. that is. Problem. Justin did have a great goal today, so maybe maybe it's Justin and Savarino, and Chang comes on at the 60th minute for Miram, which I guess I'm would okay be great. And Sergio comes on for Bobby yeah. Wood, and Luna comes on for Lafelson, and can get forward a little bit more. I just solved it, man. I just cracked okay. the RSL. That's, that's actually that's great. How yeah, we should be playing. Yeah, Cordova. I actually think Cordova should start, and then Bobby come in later. I feel like Bobby's yeah, it, that, that could work too. Bench, All I know is that we don't have yeah. a number ten on the roster that's more than eighteen years old and has more than five MLS minutes, and so I don't know why you've been trying this weird four four two that just completely abandons the middle of the field but doesn't free up much on the wings because the two guys playing striker are not very good at hold up play. Yeah, if you do, I, like I a, just don't. I just don't know. You know. If, you did, like, if you're uh, going to go all in on the wings, actually commit to the wings and give yourselves more opportunities and more players with the ability to get forward. I don't know. Did you give me a player to watch? I can't even remember, man. I, I didn't. <laughs> that sounds like insane. I'm sorry, dude. I was like thinking about other things in formation. I need to stop thinking about formations. Anyways, uh, Pablo Mastroni will figure that out. That's his job. Um, not ours. But my my player to watch for this game... It would be so easy and such a cop out to like say taters or Chris. <laughs> that would not be easy. That would Whoever. be a huge swing for the fences, my friend. A player that hasn't played for RSL in an MLS game since the New York City debacle. That's a huge call. I love it. Stick to it. Oh, I was gonna do it, and then I dude just, that hasn't I, made I, the game day roster in the last like two weeks. That's a huge call, dude. Go for I, it. Uh, I was going to, but then I changed my mind because I think there's somebody that's going to be even more important. And it's the dude on the other side. It's going to be Andrew Brody. Who's likely going to be switching sides in this game. Um, No Aaron Herrera. And in games where he hasn't had Aaron Herrera, he's been pretty good. Like he's, he's shown his stuff. I think he's deserved his extension and his deal. And um, in this game, if we're really, if we're going to play with the right wing back and a left wing back, Brody's going to be very important getting it, uh, down in the final third, getting crosses into the box. He's not Aaron Herrera. He doesn't fully rely on Demir Krylock or like yeah, Demir he's, Krylock been, he's probably a better dribbler, which I don't think yeah. is, is crazy to say. Yeah, and I, I think that he kind of looks for more options. I feel like Aaron Herrera was super locked on to Dami last year. I, I for good like Brody, reason, it worked a lot of the yes, time. Yes, absolutely. But I feel like Brody Brody does something, man. It's it's like some sort of secret sauce. I think that he's going to be key in this game, not only attacking. But I think we're going to need him to defend. Now, San Jose is 13th right now in the West. They're not great by any means, but we just played a Vancouver team that wasn't great by any means, and we we got beat by them, unfortunately. (laughs) This game's at home. This game's at home, um, and so we play much better at home. I think Brody, with the fan energy, he's feeling it. Dude, don't be surprised if Andrew Brody gets an assist. I'm calling No, I like that. I like that call a lot. Alex, who is your one to watch for this game, man? I want to make it a forward, but I would be doing that for the wrong reasons because I would want it to okay. be a forward for the people to watch and see just how poor Sergio Cordova's first touch is and <laughs> how not great he is in tight spaces. And I don't want to do that. I want to focus on a player that's going to bring positive aspects to Real Salt Lake in this game. And who's more positive than my guy, Paolo Ruiz? I love it. It was always going to be Ruiz. What a pass yep. from Ruiz. He was 
fine in this game against Vancouver. He probably wasn't actually great. He probably wasn't even good. He was fine. And this has been one of the things I wanted to focus on throughout this year are is his progression as a player and how that is not ever linear for young players. Reminder that he is young. He's probably the youngest. I think he is the youngest starting player on this team. And he's played probably more minutes than just about anybody else. Mm -hmm. And his progression is not going to be linear. He's going to have bad games. You have to play young players through these lumps. I think that's something that RSL has done okay at in the past, but not great. I don't think we've been, I don't think we've given the kids the keys to the castle enough for them to be successful long term and I think that's why we don't see a lot of sales outside of our first team however I think that tide has changed a little bit and I think we've seen Paolo Ruiz been given the trust to continue to play despite errors and so in this game against San Jose I want to see how he responds from a from a poor game I want to see if he can continue to be that creator that we've seen at times this year I mean he's got a bunch of assists I want to see more he's been really good at delivering set pieces into dangerous areas I want to see more of that and I want to see him add a little bit more defensively yes. with Scott Caldwell next to him. He's allowed to get forward a little bit more, but with a it's a little bit trickier because they both want to get high and combine up the field. And so it leaves sure. us exposed kind of like it did on the last play of the game. Mm-hmm. So I'm just interested. I'm interested to see who he's paired next to. I think with Lafelson, they had two good performances in a row. Why not give him a third? But now I think Pablo's got something more to think about. Yeah, you bring up very good points. And I like that a lot. I, I'm very interested to see the dynamic and who he plays alongside as well how they kind of work out the defensive responsibilities in this game. It'll be very interesting, especially if, if I'm not mistaken, I think San Jose still has Chofis, who ended up getting a hat trick against us last year. So Yeah, that was really tough with, what, an Olympico corner? <laughs> no, it was it was your quote from David Ochoa, where he said he actually punched it into the net himself, yeah. so it was an own goal, and he didn't actually so, so, get a hat so, trick. That is hilarious. So, quote, that dude didn't get a hat trick. He didn't even say his name. He's like, so that dude didn't get a hat trick. He's okay, like, I so don't see Chofis on their roster. I don't think he plays for them, or he's injured. Well, that would be amazing. He didn't play in them their last game. I'll look it up. Okay. Awesome. Well, yeah. Okay. So we should be good there. Um, let's get into the score predictions. Um, <laughs> I'm like looking back at the past score predictions and I'm noticing a weird, funny trend. And uh, it was Houston, 2-0 RSL win. Vancouver, 2-0 RSL win. So you know what? I figure if I keep going with a 2-0 RSL win, <laughs> it's going to happen at some hit. point. So they're playing at home. They've been very good at home. It's against a team in San Jose. We we are just coming off a loss now, so like, I think this is a dub, and so I'll go with a two zero RSL win for this game. I think that it's very possible Brody gets an assist, as I mentioned. Um, dude, I think this is the game. I think because I think Savarino is going to start. I think he gets a goal. I think he gets a goal in this game, and then I think the other goal comes from Bobby Wood. Bobby Wood, such a basic answer, but Bobby Wood, he needs it. All right, Alex, score prediction for this game. Hit me with it. Yeah, no, I'm cool with that. Also, it looks like Chofis does still play for them. I don't know why he missed the last game. That's something Hayden Bayless Jr. would know. It's going to (laughs) make me look silly for not knowing it. But I'm going to predict at home against this San Jose team that's been really strange this year. Mm, 3-2, 3-1 RSO. Okay. And let's say goals come from, I like your Savarino shout. I like a Michael Chang in this one, which Love might it. sound strange when I no. just said Savarino is going to get one because Michael yeah. might not come off the bench. But I think he does. And I think he's a high impact player in that role. And then maybe one more, let's say, I want to say Tater so bad, but I don't <laughs> think I have, I don't think I have the gall. Let's go Justin Glad on a corner. He's been great. Paul Lurie is going to whip him in a great ball and he's going to put it away in front of the home fans. Everybody's going to go wild. It's going to be great. And then Justin Glad's going to do his little old man dance thing, man. I yeah, that was that so great. So much. I love that little dance. For, for the sake of that dance celebration, I hope Justin Glad scores every game for the rest of the season. Love yeah, it. Yeah, he deserves love to it. See it. Okay. Jeez, um, this has been like probably the weirdest, strangest. This has been the off the rails episode, <laughs> episode yeah. in the this history was of wonderful. RSL I was about to say Go television, but radio. This was great radio. Yeah, if you're listening right now and you're thoroughly entertained and laughing, please share. And if you're not thoroughly entertained and not laughing, tell us why and then share it. That would be fantastic. And then please well. come back next week when I'm fully past yes. health and safety protocols. And then for- <laughs> I've got my head on straight again. And then, then forgive us. Yeah. Um, but, anyways, okay, Alex, um, I don't think 
trying to think back. I don't think we've actually forgotten anything on this pod. A couple errors and omissions and uh, lack of research on our end. So I'm sure other people <laughs> will help us that are listening right now. Anything I'm quarantining, on man. I don't have the energy, okay? I'll get All to right. you next week. Anything, anything you want to leave on the podcast before we end it today? What a pass from Ruiz. If you know, you know. Uh, but that's pretty much all I got. RSL, fun team. Equals good times. Equals watch them all the yeah. time. RSL so. being so good that I'm not upset at a loss because we should have won is better than RSL losing because RSL is bad. And I expect <laughs> them to lose every game. So those are my final thoughts. I'm getting out of here, man. On that note, I think it's time to let Alex go to sleep, get some rest and heal up properly. Um, But before we leave, I want to give you all a big thank you for listening this far into the episode. Thank you so much for all of your guys' time today. Really appreciate uh, everything you guys do, all your listenership and uh, and all your comments really means a lot to us. If you haven't already, be sure to follow the Hive Sports at the Hive Sports on Twitter. It's where you can find all of our episodes for this lovely podcast. Also, be sure to follow myself at Ethan Kershaw 9 and Alex at Alex Mauer on Twitter is where you can find us. That is it for us today. Once again, thank you all so very much for listening and we will talk to you all next week. See you later. TheHiveSports.com has all the buzz on sports in the Beehive State, covering prep, college, pro, and church sports. No way, really? Okay, maybe not that last one. If you want to stay in the know about all things Jazz, Cougars, Aggies, and Utes, then this is the site for you. TheHiveSports.com. We may even feature your high school. So check us out today at TheHiveSports.com. You can also follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Check out TheHiveSports.com because we got the buzz.